Today on Bold Steps Weekend, Mark Job urges us to go deeper in our relationship with God. Some of us, God is saying, leave the comfort of what you know, go deeper. You cannot hang out at the entrance always. You need to go deeper. Welcome to another Bold Steps Weekend with Pastor Mark Job. Mark is president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Today we start a new series of messages that takes us to the Old Testament book of Isaiah. The series is called Deeper Beyond Shallow Spirituality. And Mark, as we introduce this session, this series, I thought we'd start with a little bit about your background. Now we've talked about this before, but of course you grew up in Spain. I did. And uh, this is summertime. What were summers like for you in Spain? You know, summer in Spain were very tranquil, beautiful weather, especially northern Spain where I grew up. Uh Southern Spain is very hot, but beautiful place to grow up. All right. I understand that you did uh, some caving. Is it called spelunking or is it caving? How, what, what's the terminology there? <laughs> well, we, we grew up, it was just called caving. Okay, all right. Yeah, not too far away from where we lived, there were some caves that had not been reconstructed by men. They hadn't been developed. No lights, no stairs, just some caves. Now they've become pretty famous because they've discovered bones and oh, artifacts. I see, okay. But we would go caving almost every summer in those magnificent caves. What was that like? I mean, were you apprehensive about uh, how far in did you go, first of all? Well, you know, in the beginning, it's always a little scary. But after a while, I would go literally miles into those caves. And I knew those caves very well. There's a darkness there, a humidity there that you can't experience on the outside. Right. Yeah. But were you apprehensive about doing that? I mean, what's the level of uh, concern? Well, here, I guess I You know, in say. the beginning, very apprehensive. In the beginning, you're nervous about going in it because you don't know what to expect. You don't know what's out there. I would take people from the city in there and they would always like, I don't want to go in there. I don't want to go deep. But once you've gone deep into the cave, then you want to go there. It's familiar territory and allows you to go deeper and deeper. And that's the connection to our message coming up, isn't it? Absolutely. So there's a lot of people, Wayne, that stay at the entrance of the cave They stay where it's safe, but they've never gone deeper into the things of God. Mm. I think God wants to speak to some people today and say, you know what? It's time to leave the entrance of the cave. It's time to go deeper. Yeah. The late E.K. Bailey wrote a book called Further In and Deeper Down. Mm, I like that. That's what we're talking about, right? So let's get started. We're turning to the book of Isaiah to start this new series with Mark Job, Deeper Beyond Shallow Spirituality. I want you to take your Bibles this morning and turn to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6. We're starting a new series today entitled Deeper, Beyond Shallow Spirituality. Some of you know that I grew up in northern Spain, lived in a small town called Ruvena. It's a town of about 200 people with a one-room schoolhouse and a lot of sheep droppings in the street. But about 10 kilometers away from where I grew up, there was another town called Atapuerca, which actually means tie a pig. That was the literal name of the town, Atapuerca. And right out the outskirts of Atapuerca were some caves. These caves could go literally mile after mile underground 
and uh, were very, very extensive caves. And what I noticed is that at the entrance of the cave, and the primary cave had a big entrance, probably at least 30 feet high and 60 feet wide. And so it was a big entrance that let in a lot of light. And people felt very comfortable at the entrance of the cave. They would walk in 10, 15, 20 feet. And because it was so bright and it was so, so much light coming from the opening of the cave, they felt very comfortable even though they were within the cave. But the further they got into the cave, the more nervous they would become because the light would start to dim and they would continually look back to see how far the entrance was. And once they got into these little passageways and it became darker inside and they didn't know exactly what was ahead of them, many of them would begin to panic. And on more than one occasion, people would say, I can't go in. And they would turn back and they'd go to the mouth of the cave because it was scary to go into the depth. Little did they know, however, that some of the most beautiful cavernous rooms of the cave lie deep within. That if you traveled a little ways and crawled on your knees a little bit and went through a few little tunnels and squeezed your way through a few things, you would come upon some rooms that were full of stalagmites and stalactites and had beautiful uh, natural shapes that were formed in the cave, some just extraordinary galleries, natural galleries, but you could not get there unless you chose to go deeper. What I've discovered in our spiritual life, many of us are like the people that like to hang out at the entrance of the cave. Oh yeah, we've entered into the cave of Christianity, but we haven't ventured too far into the cave because it makes us nervous. Uh, we've stepped in far enough to feel like God is on my side, but we stay close to the entrance because the entrance represents where we came from and we wanna stay close enough to the familiar, but yet God is beckoning us to go deeper. And some of us, God is saying, leave the comfort of what you know, go deeper. You cannot hang out at the entrance always. You need to go deeper. This series is to challenge you to get out of the foyer of Christianity, to get out of the entrance of Christianity, and to get into the deeper things of God, to move beyond 101 beginning stages and to move in some deeper things of God. You can be a Christian for a long time and never leave the foyer. And you say, well, well, I'm a Christian. Yeah, you're a foyer Christian. But you have to start discovering there's more to God. Getting beyond just the basics. Learning about the things of God. And so Isaiah chapter 6 felt like a great place to start this series going deeper. Because Isaiah chapter 6 starts with a renewed vision of who God is. You see what's at the core of your Christianity, what influences and affects you more than anything else in your Christianity is your vision of God. Your vision of God defines how you live your Christianity. 
Your vision of God determines how deep you go. It determines how you relate to God. It determines how you enter into his presence. It determines a lot about your walk with God. When I was uh, 17 years old, I was, uh, was in college and I was working my way through college and, and I had a lot of questions about the future of my life and what I would be doing and what I would, where I would go and, and uh, I, I, I was needing direction. And someone gave me a book by a fellow by the name of A.W. Tozer called Knowledge of the Holy. And it was during that summer of my 17th year, I was actually working at a hotel as a waiter in Southern France. And uh, I read that book voraciously. And there was a paragraph in that book that struck at the core of what I was trying to do because that book was all about knowing God. And A.W. Tozer says it this way, what comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about us. Worship is pure base as the worshiper entertains high or low thoughts of God. For this reason, the gravest question before the church is always God himself. And the most portentous fact about any man is not what he at a given time may say or do, but what he in his deep heart conceives God to be like. If God to you is just the man upstairs, then you will live your life as though he's the man upstairs. If God to you is this dictatorial always looking to punish, distant, abstract figure, then you will live your life always leery of getting too close to God, feeling like he's just waiting to pounce on you, counting your sins with a devious, mischievous smile on his face like, I caught you again. It'll affect the way you relate to God. If God to you is like some big teddy bear that just says, oh, don't worry, just, you know, I love you. It doesn't matter how you live, whatever you do, come give me a hug. You live your life that way as well. And those all may indicate a facet of God, but what will help you live for God is when you see, discover, and have a revelation of the real God. Not a God made in the image of man, but the real God. And many of us struggle with a clear understanding and a vision of God. Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 6, has an encounter, a vision of the real God. And we're going to talk about that because I want you to understand who God is. And I want you to understand the character of God. That's Mark Job, and this is Bold Steps Weekend, and we'll get back to that amazing encounter Isaiah had in just a moment. But real quick, we want to make sure you don't miss out on one of our most popular and informative resources known as the Bold Stepper Weekly. These weekly devotional emails are sent to our listeners every Monday morning straight from the desk of Mark Job. With encouraging stories and biblical insights, this free faith-building resource will help you start your week with hope, 
peace and a focus on Christ. So if you haven't signed up for this weekly dose of biblical encouragement, do that today by going online to boldstepsweekend.org. Just look for the Bold Stepper Weekly tab. It's easy to join the list, and of course, there's no fee or any other obligation. Back now to the vision that Isaiah had of God's glory. Here again is Mark Job in Isaiah chapter 6 on Bold Steps Weekend. It says in Isaiah chapter 6, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two wings they covered their feet, and with two wings they were flying, and they were calling out to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the threshold shook, and the temple was full of smoke. Now, in order to understand Isaiah's vision, we have to first of all pause at this small phrase that says, in the year that King Uzziah died. You see, to understand how they determine times and calendar years in the Old Testament, they would determine it according to the reign of kings. And so to know the season, they would refer to this was during the season of such and such a king. And it's important to understand this little phrase in the year that King Uzziah died, because as we understand what happened in King Uzziah's season, you will understand why Isaiah needed such a grandiose vision of who God was. You see, if you look in 2 Chronicles chapter 26, you'll find the story of King Uzziah. Uzziah was merely the age of a sophomore in high school when he began to be king. He was 16 years old. And he was on the throne for 52 years. He started out well. He was the king of Judah. And he had a sensitive heart to God when he began. In fact, the Bible tells us that he, he sought after God. And although he was young, his heart was one that was seeking after God. He would ask himself, God, what would you like me to do? Uh, sometimes when you're young and starting out, you call unto God because you know how much you need God, right? And as he grew and grew in experience, he became quite the king. In fact, the Bible tells us that he uh, built, fortified the towers of Jerusalem. He had innovation in their weaponry and armory. He invented, under his administration, they invented weapons that would uh, defend Jerusalem better. Their cisterns were built. Their vineyards prospered. Their economy boomed. Their enemies were defeated. I mean, he was quite the king. Blessed with the favor of God, renowned among the countrymen, he had had quite a reign, but something in all this prosperity and success changed him. You know, there's something about getting ahead that if you're not careful, can change you. Some of us are afraid of failure but oftentimes the more devious, invisible enemy is success. Uh, some of us are afraid to fail 
We're afraid it will change us, hurt us. And, and we assume that if we succeed and things go well, we'll stay the same. But now he had grown into a person that depended on his own self. He was self-confident. He was, he was a leader that was recognized. He didn't need a lot of help anymore. And in his arrogance and his pride, the Bible says that it started to invade his heart. And when you become arrogant and proud, you will make decisions in your life that will ultimately cause you to fall flat on your face. That's why the Bible says, that pride comes before a fall, that you get puffed up in pride first and then be sure of this, you will fall. The moment that you start saying, I would never fall, that would never happen to me, be ready because you'll probably fall. The moment that you look down at others that are struggling and falling and despise them and wonder how could that ever happen, I'm above that, then be careful because you too will probably fall. The moment you start thinking that it's your power and your ingenuity and your strength and your grace and your own merit that's got you to the level that's it, that you're at, be careful, then probably you too will fall. You see, there's a pride and arrogance, an entitlement that comes with pride that makes us think that we're untouchable. I have people come to me once in a while when they hear of a minister falling into sexual immorality. They'll say to me, oh, look at what happened. I can't believe that could happen. And oftentimes the church is quick to throw stones. I always say, I can believe it. Absolutely. And if it were not for the grace of God and the mercy of God, you and I, we could also fall. N never act like you're beyond that. By God's grace, I've been faithful to my wife for 23 years and never fallen and never had an immoral affair of any kind by God's grace. But let me tell you, it is by God's grace. By God's grace, by God's grace. And the moment we act that we're like we're above that, the moment we act like it could never happen to us, the moment we act like we are untouchable is the moment we need to be careful because it's the moment that we could also fall. King Uzziah had become proud. He had lost the days of humility. And now the Bible tells us, we don't know exactly why this happened, but in 2 Chronicles chapter 26, we see the most arrogant display of his pride. Verse 16, it says, he was unfaithful to the Lord, his God, and entered into the temple of the Lord to, to burn incense on the altar of incense. Now, in order to understand his sin and his pride, I have to describe to you the temple. King Uzziah was the king of Judah, but there was a temple in the middle of the city of Jerusalem and the temple was the temple that Solomon had built. Solomon was the son of David and also the son of Bathsheba. And it was a magnificent temple. In fact, it was one of the wonders of the world. It had been built by uh, some of the greatest artisans of the day. It had been crafted 
by skilled artists laid with gold, uh, the greatest, uh, the stone, the highest quality stone and timber had been imported, taken years to build, a massive amount of money to construct, but it was a temple for the Lord God. When they went in, they wore robes. At the bottom of the robes, on the fringe of the robes, they had little bells to indicate that when they went in, people from the outside could hear the bells and know that the high priest was moving around inside doing the sacrifices and preparing for whatever he had to do inside the temple. But the other thing that they did is they always tied a rope around the ankle of the high priest just in case God, that this high priest had sin in his life that he had not done things correctly and he was struck dead. That way they could pull the body out of the holy of holy holies without entering in themselves. Scary job. That's how they treated the holy of holies with such respect. Now it was only the high priest, Azariah at the time, and 80 other priests who were descendants of Aaron that had the right to burn incense on either, to, to, on the altar of incense or the other altar. It was the only the job of the priest. The regular person could not do it. Not the king or any other governor was allowed to do it. You had to be a descendant of Aaron and you had to be of the priestly line in order to do so. Uzziah had become so proud that he disregarded the commands of God because he felt he was above them that he had the hand of God upon him, that his pride had made him think that he was bigger than what he was. You know, pride does that. It makes us think that we're bigger than who we are. I want to remind you as quickly as you've risen to wherever you're at, with one stroke of the hand of God, you, will be not, you can be knocked down from that pedestal. Never forget that. You say, well, as long as I have my back and my muscle, listen, in one strike of disease, you can lose your health. As long as I have my bank account and my car and my, and my money and my investments, listen, with one swipe of the hand of Almighty God, a stock market can crash and you can be in the poorhouse. So as long as I have my mind and my intellect, which is really, really developed and high and listen, with one strike of disease, one blow to the head, you could, you could have the mind of a child. Never take your position. What God has given you, the place that he's at for granted. Because as quickly as you have arisen to that position, so also you can be taken down from that position. We live in that state of humility before God. You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend, a message given by Mark Job. We're in a new series called Deeper Beyond Shallow Spirituality. And we'd encourage you to make it a point to follow us over the next several weekends as Mark equips and encourages you to move beyond the entrance of the cave and dive into what God wants for you in your life. Now, if you've missed any of today's message or want to hear it again, you can do that at boldstepsweekend.org. And you can share the program with a friend as well. That's boldstepsweekend.org. And while you're there, you may also want to check out some of the faith-building resources we're offering, like this month's Bold Action Gift, an encouraging book called God Speaks Your Love Language. To tell us more about it, here again is Mark. According to Dr. Gary Chapman, 
your love language is designed for much more than just friendships or romance. In fact, Gary argues that your personal love language is the key to unlocking a deeper relationship with the creator of the universe. And in his book titled, God Speaks Your Love Language, Dr. Chapman shows us how to experience the love of God through each of the five love languages. With relatable examples, clear language, and powerful lessons, Dr. Chapman applies his renowned expertise on relationships to help us deepen our connection with God. This redeeming book is a must-read for anyone seeking a better understanding of God's love and how to respond to it. Find practical tips for applying your love language to prayer, worship, and other spiritual practices with your copy of this special Bold Action Gift. You can request your copy today when you give a gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps Weekend. Again, the book is called God Speaks Your Love Language. Thank you, Mark. And you can easily give your one-time gift online by visiting boldstepsweekend.org. Or you can donate over the phone by calling us at 866-535-5580. And if it's easier, send your donation in the mail. Address your envelope to Bold Steps Weekend, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. One more thing, if you'd enjoy listening to these Bible lessons when you're out taking a walk or running errands, be sure to subscribe to our Bold Steps Weekend podcast and get these messages downloaded automatically to your phone or smart device. Just head on over to your favorite podcast app and search for Bold Steps Weekend with Dr. Mark Job. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe and leave us a comment. Well, I'm your host, Wayne Shepherd, inviting you back next time when together we'll take more Bold Steps here on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.